Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to this episode of Hope for the Agora. My name is Dr. Evan Dodge. I am blessed today to be joined by Dr. Linda Lambert. Linda, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Evan. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. We 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 fared through some technical difficulties yesterday and we're finally mm-hmm. able to connect today. So um, I'm grateful for the blessing of technology when it when it works. That mm-hmm. is for sure. Uh, Linda, tell us, tell our listeners about yourself and your your ministry as a counselor. Yes. Well, um, currently I'm uh, developing a counseling practice in uh, the Niagara area in Canada. And um, my past experience has been 16 years as a, a, a pastor in, in the United States, um, pastoring at uh, a Brethren in Christ Church uh, in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, um, as pastor of care and uh, seniors there. Um, and uh, moved back to Canada about 2019, just before the pandemic hit. And so uh, have settled here and uh, in Ontario and uh, enjoying the uh, proximity to my family. I have two uh, grown children, married children with uh, eight grandchildren. And so it's uh, been uh, really uh, a blessing to be back in Ontario and be able to be close to my family. Thank you, Linda. Um, Linda, when you were when you were pastoring in, in Carlisle, tell me a little bit about the work you were doing with, um, with the church there. It sounds like it was from what you've described and what I've read about, uh, about you and your bio, that, that sounds like you were doing a lot of public counseling and pastoral care stuff in that, in that position. What was that like? Yes, that's definitely what I was doing. Um, when I went to the church, uh, they were looking for someone to develop, uh, the caring ministry, um, in the church as it was a growing church. And, um, so consequently I basically, um, began to build a, a, a caring ministry within the, in the church itself. And, um, and so at first it was a little bit different because the congregation wasn't used to that. And, um, the, the idea of developing, you know, caregivers within the congregation as well to take care of people, um, through either grief share or other support groups, um, as well as, uh, developing a Stephen ministry there. Um, it took a little while for people to be confident that uh, people within the congregation could care for them, which is quite biblical, actually, if we look at uh, the biblical principles around care. Um, and uh, and so once that uh, acceptance grew, then uh, the potential for growing more con- congregational care ministries took place. And it was just a, a real blessing, a real thrill for me to see how people were coming alongside each other and supporting each other through um, difficult times, trauma, 
crisis in their lives and so on. Well, Linda, you mentioned grief and that you were doing work around grief, and that is our topic of conversation for this episode um, today. So, Linda, would you share uh, with our listeners and with me, what is grief and um, what are some signs that, that someone is experiencing grief? Sure, yes. Well, grief is a really a proper response to loss. And so loss is a part of life and uh, grief is a process that allows us to let go of that which was was, and to be ready for that which is to come. And uh, any meaningful loss really requires us to cope and imagine a new and changed future. Teresa Rando uh, defines grief as the process of experiencing the psychological, social, and physical reactions to your perception of loss. And so within this definition of grief is the um, sort of three major ways uh, that Grief is experienced psychologically through our feelings and our thoughts and our attitudes and socially through our behavior with others and physically through our health and uh, bodily symptoms. And so as we look at grief, it's a continuing development involving changes over time. And it will come and go and appear different at different times. But it's really a natural, expectable uh, reaction to loss. Uh, It's a reaction to all kinds of losses, not just death. And it's based upon our unique personal understanding uh, of the loss. So it comes in many forms and everyone reacts differently uh, to loss. Uh, There is no right way to grieve and um, there's no single way to react to it. It's all right to feel how you feel when you lose someone important to you. Some people show their pain by crying and and, uh, some never shed a tear, but that doesn't mean that they feel their loss any less. And so some of the symptoms, the signs and symptoms that you might see with someone who is uh, grieving would be crying, having headaches, uh, difficulty sleeping, questioning the purpose of life, uh, questioning their spiritual beliefs, their belief in God, Um, feelings of detachment, uh, isolation and withdrawal from friends and family, abnormal behavior might be present. Um, People may worry, uh, express anxiety, frustration, guilt, uh, fatigue, anger, uh, they may experience loss of appetite, aches and pains, and and stress. The physical symptoms of grief are the body's responses to the thoughts in our heads. And though these symptoms are normal, they may bring more stress to a person's grief. There is something called complicated grief that happens when the feelings of loss are debilitating and don't ease up with time. An individual who's experiencing complicated grief may show extreme deep sadness guilt, depression, isolate themselves for months or years and have trouble carrying out normal routines such as getting out of bed in the morning. So in complicated grief, painful emotions are so severe that the individual has difficulty recovering from the loss and restarting their life. And so they need uh, professional help to resolve that grief. At times, people with complicated grief may consider suicide. And so for our listeners, if you are uh, thinking about grief, uh, about suicide, Um, talk to to someone that you trust. And if you think you may act on your suicidal feelings, call 911 Mm -hmm. um, or a suicide hotline. Um, Anticipatory grief is also another form of grief that happens before a loved one dies. This mostly occurs when a loved one suffers an illness and you are emotionally preparing for or anticipating the imminent death. 
Anticipatory grief may help the griever accept their loss, but it doesn't reduce the intensity of the grief reaction when the loved one dies. Mm. Um, Linda, sometimes we'll hear bandied about, you know, to someone who is grieving, something like, oh, well, you know, you, you just need to get over it. Or, um, uh, you know, it, it, it will get easier or or this or that. I And I found that often that sort of often unsolicited advice arises out of someone's a deep discomfort with the manifestation of grief, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it for, for some folks, it can be, you know, for a whole host of reasons, uh, it can be uncomfortable to be in the presence of someone who is grieving. So if someone is grieving or uh, if someone is around someone who is grieving, what, what are, you know, can someone just get over it? Um, to use that term, or um, or, or there are or, are there better ways to interact with someone who's experiencing grief, or if you're experiencing grief yourself, um, what sort of support do you need? Yeah, you know, um, really, you can't get over grief. It, it when you lose a loved one, the grief never fully goes away, but you can learn to live with it over time. Um, you'll never get over the loss of your loved one because you love them and uh, but painful feelings will lessen and become more bearable over time as you begin to heal from the pain of your loss uh, most of us carry our losses with us throughout life and they become a part of who we are the pain becomes easier by but the memories of the, and the love that we have for that person will always be with us um you may find certain dates, for instance, like an anniversary or birthdays or events like a children's graduation or weddings or other stimuli may bring upsurges in grief that remind us of, of our loss, um, even after our loved one is gone for a long time. Yeah. Um, Linda, outside of, of death or loss of a loved one like that, um, there seems to be that there's grief also um, that can manifest in, in out of other events like loss of a job or a child moving out of the home and say going to college or there are different uh, different scenarios out of which grief can arise. Are those different or the same than maybe uh, the death of a loved one? Yeah, that's a good good question. Um... You know, losing someone we love can be the most painful experience that we'll ever have to go through. And no matter if it's a close friend, a spouse, a partner, a parent, child, or another relative, the death of a loved one can be fraught with waves of intense and difficult emotions that um, may involve deep sadness and shock and despair, and guilt and regret, and numbness. Besides being an intensely emotional experience, grief following the death of a loved one can trigger physical reactions like appetite changes, difficulty mm -hmm. sleeping, aches and pains, and impair our Im immune system. Um, the amount of support you have and your personality, um, your level of health and well-being, these all contribute to how grief affects you following your loss. Also, the intensity of your grief is often dependent on circumstances surrounding the loved one's death. Mm -hmm. um, and also the amount of time that you spend anticipating their death or your relationship with them and your past experience with, with grief 
the more significant the person was in your life, it seems that the more feelings that you have for them too, the greater the impact their, their loss will have on you. I also think that um, because human beings are created for relationship and we thrive in community, uh, we build attachment bonds with those that we're closest to. Mm -hmm. And when the one we love dies, it causes the, the breaking of these bonds um, that results in deep pain and sorrow because part of us, in essence, has been ripped away. And that's why grief is so deep and intense when we lose someone we, we love through death. Yeah. Um, you know, so as as Christian believers and with the, the, the scriptures, uh, you know, our source of, of direction and wisdom and understanding, what, what do the scriptures have to say about about grief? Um, do they offer the one who is grieving some some hope, some peace, some comfort? Yes, Evan, there are some really wonderful uh, scripture verses that can be very comforting when we go through grief. And so um, I think of Psalm 56, verse 8, um, which says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded them, each one of them, in your book. And so this is really a psalm of remembrance. As with David, God remembers our sorrow. Our grief matters so much to God that it's as if he collects our tears in a bottle and records them in his book of remembrance. And it's comforting to know that, to know that uh, we matter to God and what we are going through matters to God. He doesn't forget about us and he remembers us in our suffering and our sorrow. Revelation 24, 21.4 also says, He will wipe, wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. You know, what's really comforting to, is to know that God is a compassionate Father who feels with us and weeps with us. Every tear we shed has meaning to Him. In the end, when Jesus returns, He will wipe every tear from our eyes. One day there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain in the new kingdom that Jesus will establish on earth. All suffering will be gone once and for all, and believers have the hope and assurance that one that that a better day is coming, and uh, God is uh, working to eliminate all sorrow, pain, and suffering. John uh, eleven verses thirty three to thirty five uh, sort of recounts the time that Jesus was at the tomb of his good friend Lazarus, and um, and so this is this is what was written when Jesus saw her, Mary, Lazarus' sister, weeping. And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied, Jesus wept. Even though Jesus knew that he was about to turn their sorrow into joy by raising Lazarus from the dead, with great empathy and compassion for those who were grieving, he wept with them, sharing in their sorrow. So we are comforted. And our grief is validated and lessened when others share our burdens. And this shows that Jesus' heart is inclined to empathize with us. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 reminds us that we have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. So it's comforting to know that our Savior, the one we trust, has a tender heart and is able to weep. We can also draw from Jesus' example here that there is no shame in expressing our emotions and empathizing and comforting those who are suffering. 
there is purpose to our suffering too. Scripture tells us that we can comfort those who are suffering with the same comfort that we have received from God. So 2 Corinthians verses one, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our, all our troubles, that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So we have purpose in our suffering that we can then be able to comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God promises to be near to those who are suffering and will deliver them. And Psalm 147, verse 3 is like it. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God is able to heal those who are suffering because of sadness. And then Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, 13 to 14, um, often read at funerals, but is really comforting for us. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So even if we miss our loved ones, we can be comforted in knowing that we will be reunited one day. We can trust that death is not the end, and it doesn't mean goodbye forever. Linda, as you were sharing the, those wonderful insights from Scripture, uh, re was reminded of something I listened to a couple of days ago. One of my favorite pastor theologians is uh, Tim Keller uh, in, in New York City. And I was watching an interview with him, and um, his interlocutor was almost trying to get a gotcha moment, you know, at, uh, with asking about, you know, God's goodness and human suffering, right? Classic question of theodicy. And I love what Keller said. He said, now he, now he prefaced his statement by saying, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say this to a family or an individual who is in the middle of grief. You know, this is cold comfort. But he said, I know what the answer can't be. And he said, the answer can't be that God doesn't care. He said, because he became one of us. Mm -hmm. um, and as you were talking about John 11, um, that just came right to mind that, you know, uh, that that God became one of us and experienced yeah. the entirety of the human condition, yet without sin. Mm -hmm. And and so, so the answer to suffering can't be that God is removed and distant from it and doesn't care. Uh, because we know that he, he he wasn't removed or distant from it, and he not that he didn't care, you know. So uh, a, an empathic God, uh, which is really you know the God we we love and worship and serve, is a God who um, knows knows what it's like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He knows how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. He experienced suffering himself. That's right. Yeah. Well, we will take a short break, and I'm going to be right back with my guest, Dr. Linda Lambert. Perhaps you've heard of the mental health spectrum. We're all on it, whether we like it or not. Sometimes we're living in the green and life is good. Other times a bit of yellow 
because things have been a little tough, other times we're approaching orange or right in the red. Doesn't mean you have a mental illness, even though you could be struggling with depression or anxiety or something like that. But there are times where it's because of a mental illness. But nonetheless, all of us end up walking around as wounded people from one thing or another. Well, join Agora Network Ministries March 24th for an evening with an expert. Our special guest is author and speaker, Brett Allman, who'll be speaking on the topic, Hope for the Walking Wounded. Won't you join us Friday, March 24th at 7 p.m. at Heritage Green Community Church in Hamilton, Ontario. General admission is $10. For more information and to register, go to agoranetworkministries.com. Well, Linda, what are some good resources for those who really need help as they are uh, grieving? Yeah, Evan, um, I think uh, there is uh, a support group called Grief Share, which is a 13-week Christ-centered grief support group uh, that many churches offer. and you can check online for a group that, that's near you um, at www.griefshare.org. And the great thing about Griefshare is that they also have online an online bookstore. And uh, so there are many resources that are very helpful for, for people who are going through grief um, right there on their, on their website. Um, I recommend a lot, oftentimes, to people who are grieving, uh, a book written by Teresa Rando, uh, called Grieving, How to Go on Living When Someone You Love Dies. Um, it just uh, covers every aspect of, of the grief grieving process and what one, one might expect and uh, and just so helpful uh, for someone who is uh, in, the, in a journey of grief. And then for someone who might have experienced the loss of a spouse, I also recommend another book written by Dr. Susan Zonabelt Zonabelt Sming, kind of a hard one to say, and then Dr. Robert DeVries, um, and it's called Getting to the Other Side of Grief, Overcoming the Loss of a Spouse. Um, For those who would like something, you know, during their devotional time, I would uh, encourage them to pick up a copy of Psalms Now by Leslie Brandt. It's a paraphrase of the Psalms written in contemporary language, and uh, it's very helpful as... uh, you're going through the grieving process um, to be able to understand, you know, the psalmist who wrote laments and and how uh, he experienced the presence of God through that. And then I would say, turn to your church, um, speak with the pastors and lay caregivers there for support um, through your journey with grief. Oftentimes, uh, church libraries have a, a wonderful section on on grief, and um, so there's lots of resources there. Linda, I'm glad you mentioned Grief Share. Um, and if any if any of our listeners happen to be in Ocean County, New Jersey, which is where I live, uh, my church has a, an incredible Grief Share program um, led by a couple uh, lay members in the church who themselves have been through the program and now they now they lead it. So I have heard I, I have not, you know, not gone through Grief Share myself, but have heard from multiple individuals that it's such a um I, I, I guess the way that a couple have described it to me was it was very life-giving mm-hmm. at a time when they felt lifeless. And um, Good description of it, yes. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just wonderful the way that, um, you know, people who are grieving come alongside each other in, in support. Plus there's uh, uh, a video that um, is, is compiled by experts in the field of grief, as well as people who've been, who've experienced grief and have come through the journey themselves and what their experience has been like. So in a time of uh, discussion as well is involved and it's just so supportive and so, helpful for people in the grieving process. Yeah. And Linda, I just, just to reiterate to our, our, our listeners, um, and, and you have, you've really kind of alluded to this already a few times, but you know, I really encourage listeners, listen, if you're, if you're dealing with grief, um, re- reach out to, to some trusted resource, you know, uh, sometimes Linda, I have found in pastoral ministry that people feel like maybe unless their grief looks a certain way, then maybe they're not really grieving or they can just get over it or they'll just handle it. And, and I, and I would encourage our listeners. No, if you, you know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to feel a certain way. Your grief is your grief. And, um, and there is, there is hope and there is the possibility of healing even in the midst of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Linda, what are some best practices <clears throat> For those who struggle with grief and, you know, with Agora's desire to be a resource for churches and individuals of faith, particularly perhaps in the church community and from a faith perspective, um, what what would some best practices be? I really think there are some, you know, a few key things to remember as you cope with the negative emotions and symptoms of grief. Um, one of them would be to be kind to yourself. Um, grief is normal and like you said there's just no right way to go through grief there's no time limit um, uh, go through it at your own pace don't let people push you into their time zone or rush you past the pain um, you could say to someone who is asking you to do something that you're not ready to do yet just simply when I'm ready I would love to have your help um, grieving the death of someone close to you takes time for some, that may mean weeks or months. For others, it could mean years. Um, you really want to live healthily. So things like loss of appetite, disrupted sleep, a loss of interest can affect our overall health and prevent our healing. So live a healthy life. And that may mean um, uh, exercising, regular exercise. Uh, it can relieve stress and promote sleep at night. Uh, relaxation exercises, deep breathing, meditation, and yoga help with anxiety. Um, healthy food gives us energy to continue. And invite others to exercise with you or to eat with you. This will help motivate you and help you feel less lonely. Find exercises that find activities rather that you uh, find soothing, comforting, and bring you joy, such as listening to music or getting a massage or jogging or gardening or meditation or mental exercises that reduce stress and anger feelings. Um, grief work means that grief is something that you must work at uh, to resolve it in a healthy way. Grief me- work means taking up specific thoughts and actions to cope with and resolve your grief, to help you accommodate to your loved one's absence and to build a new identity or world for yourself. It means actually mourning the person that you lost, plus all the hopes and dreams and plans, wishes, unfulfilled expectations, feelings and needs that you had for them and with this person. 
grieving, a grieving person doesn't just do this all at once. You do it gradually through a grieving process so that you can let go of what you need to from the past, embrace the present in healthy ways, and get ready for the future. Um, you might try journaling. You don't want to suppress your feelings. You want to express them honestly and openly. Um, you might want to share this as you write your thoughts and feelings and your fears out. Write out prayers to God as laments, like the psalmist David often did. Tell God what is troubling you and ask for his help and strength. Journaling really validates your feelings and helps clarify your emotions and just gets them up and out. Over time, you'll be able to see how you are changing and healing as you look back through your journal. Um, so again, don't suppress your feelings. Uh, share your loss. Find someone that you can um, feel comfortable opening up to, uh, a friend or a family member, um, a pastor. Talking about your loss and your feelings will help you deal with your feelings and not avoid them. You want to set aside time to grieve. Carve out a time to grieve on a regular basis. Uh, this will help you feel more in control of your grief and less overwhelmed. Find a quiet place where you won't be disturbed for 20 to 30 minutes each day and pause to think about your loved one. You may want to talk to them as if they were next to you or listen to music that reminds you of them. Allow yourself to cry. Write him or her a letter. Start a, a journal, a memory book, or a photo book. You want to anticipate that there will be times when grief will emerge or intensify. Things like anniversaries, birthdays, familiar places or activities and certain topics of conversation can trigger your grief no matter how well you are coping. So accept that certain things and situations trigger your grief and plan how you will spend those days and those times. Think about how you will mark the occasion, uh, who you will include, and those kinds of things. Grief is unpredictable and there will be upsurges in grief sometimes when you least expect it. A memory comes to mind and the pain returns. Grief is a part of life. Uh, treat those moments as, as a sign that grief has become a part of you and your loved one is always close. I would encourage you to draw comfort from your faith. The morning rituals of faith, such as funerals and memorial services, um, visitation times can bring comfort. They are opportunities to celebrate your loved one's life and to say goodbye, and a chance to gather together with others to share your grief. And then I also would encourage you to turn to God, develop a relationship with God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Call out to God. Just say, help me, and God will hear you. Uh, read the Bible, um, a psalm a day, um, some devotionals that are specifically geared towards uh, people who are grieving uh, can be found, uh, again, at Grief Share. Um, there, Grief Share has a uh, devotional called Through a Season of Grief, and it's just excellent. It takes you through um, grief, uh, and uh, has many, many scripture references and just uh, some reflections on how God is uh, working in the midst of your grief. Reflecting on God's love won't take away your sorrow, but it can ease your pain and your and give you hope. And I would just encourage you to, to find support. The, the best way to learn to live with your loss is to confide in others you trust, um, those who care about you and can provide support that can help you move forward. Join a support group, as I suggested before. Grief Share is available. 
again, a Christ-centered group where people who have lost a loved one through death come together to learn about grief and how to grieve well and to support each other on their journeys through grief. And then you may want to meet with a bereavement counselor who is trained and skilled to help people who are struggling with grief. These are just some areas that uh, really um, are practices and activities that you can be involved in that will really help you as you move forward uh, and, and heal from the pain of your loss. Thank you, Linda. That is, that is so helpful. And uh, really encourage our listeners to um, to take that to heart, right? If they're if they're dealing with grief or if they're companioning someone who's grieving, there's a lot of great um, things you've just shared with us for that journey. Well, Linda, we're going to put in our show notes for this episode uh, how to get in touch with you if anybody um, you know is exploring a therapeutic relationship or perhaps wants to reach out to you for. For some more information, we will include that. Linda, before we bring this episode to a close, are there any um, parting things that you'd like to share about grief or to our listeners by way of uh, encouragement and comfort? I I would think that, um, again, that that kindness to yourself, um, just knowing that, um, that Jesus understands our grief um, and that he empathizes with us. Show that empathy to yourself. Be kind. Uh, remember that this is your grief and it's your path through it. Um, and that uh, um, you can heal from the pain of your loss. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful word to end, a hope-filled word to end on. Dr. Linda Lambert, thank you so much for being my guest today. And thank you, uh, as always, to our faithful listeners for supporting the ministries of Agora and for listening to this podcast. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.